0: Oh, hey, Rebels. It's me, Sheila gunn and you're listening to a free audio-only recording of my weekly Wednesday night show, The Gun Show. Tonight, my guest is Corey Morgan, the assistant opinion editor of the Western Standard, and we're talking about the truck convoy, uh, politicians who don't know if they support the truck convoy, and his new show, Triggered. Now, if you like listening to the show, then I promise you're going to love watching it. But in order to watch, you need to be a subscriber to Rebel News Plus. That's what we call our long form TV style shows here on Rebel News. Subscribers get access to my show, which I think is pretty great. But you also get access to Ezra's Nightly Ezra Levant show, David Menzies' Fun Friday Night Show, Rebel Roundup, Andrew Chapados' show, Andrew Says. And we've got a brand new show on the way. It's called Misunderstood, and it's by Kat and Nat, it's only eight bucks a month to subscribe for all of that and just for our podcast listeners you can save an extra 10 percent on a new rebel news plus subscription by using the coupon code podcast when you subscribe it's easy just go to rebelnewsplus.com to become a member today and now please enjoy this free audio only version of my show Does Erin O'Toole support the convoy for freedom to Ottawa? Does Erin O'Toole even know the answer to that question? I'm Sheila Gunn-Reed, and you're watching The Gun Show. Convoy for Freedom started as a truckers' protest against cross-border COVID restrictions, but it has really become the symbol for Canadians who are sick of the division and the restrictions and government overreach of the nearly last 23 months of two weeks to flatten the curve. On Monday morning, Conservative leader Aaron O'Toole was asked in a press conference if he would be meeting with or supporting the truckers who are headed to Ottawa to protest the vaccination mandate for cross-border truckers. Take a listen.
1: Several of your MPs have uh, uh, tweeted out support for the uh, convoy. Uh, One of them saying uh, that he felt uh, the Prime Minister had a vendetta against people who were unvaccinated. Do you support the convoy, its goals, its objectives, even though the Canadian Trucking Alliance says it could be disruptive? And to follow, again, repeat Louis' question, will you meet with them when they come to Ottawa?
2: We've been talking to the Canadian Truckers Alliance, Glenn, for several months. We've seen a crisis in the supply chain coming for several months, and we've proposed policies to try and help alleviate that. The most important of which is vaccines.
1: You didn't answer my question. Uh, about uh, Yes, you, I did, you, Glenn. You didn't, whether you, whether you, you,
2: tool, you didn't say whether you... Vaccines are a critical You didn't say whether you'd meet with them. we need to you, make sure we keep well, store shelves well, full. Maybe you can, maybe you can answer that's, in, in, that's in response to my next week,
1: question, sir. You can, you can, you can, you can say whether you meet with them. That's why last week, Glenn...
0: O'Toole couldn't answer because I don't think he knows. Now, later on in the same day, O'Toole went on Evan Solomon's show to provide clarity, but I think instead he just gave Evan Solomon and the entire country a headache. Look at this.
2: Truckers show up on Parliament Hill, sir. Will you meet them? Yes or no? We've been meeting with them for the last few months, and I will continue to meet this week and into the weekend with truckers and with the industry, both individual people suffering, but also the industry. Three weeks ago, but I'm I'm talking about the convoy. I'm talking about the the so-called freedom convoy problem, which would actually tackle the supply chain shortage. Mr. Trudeau's making inflation worse through his overspending through his lack of attention on issues like the shortages, and with the fact that he's continuing to just divide people and not deliver on the essential things we need
0: in this pandemic. Now, I don't think it should be controversial for any conservative politician who believes in conservative values to say, I'm against government coercion. And yet, Aaron O'Toole can't say that. And I think up until now, he hadn't even been allowing his caucus to say that either. Although things are changing. There are many Conservative MPs that are coming out against vaccine mandates, at least for the truckers. But that also means the next logical step is to be against vaccine mandates for every other industry and ultimately every other person, too. There's so much to talk about with the truck convoy and the politicians' weak response to it and the media's vindictive response to it, which seems very disconnected from the public's overwhelmingly supportive response to it. So joining me tonight is someone who's not on the show frequently enough. If you ask me, it's Corey Morgan of the Western Standard. Take a listen. Joining me now from his office in Calgary is the assistant opinion editor at the Western Standard and host of the new show Triggered, Corey Morgan. Corey, thanks so much for joining me. There's so much news happening across the country, but a lot of it, I think, is coming out of Alberta. And so I wanted to sit down and talk with a fellow right wing-ish Albertan uh, to discuss some of it. First, let's talk about the thing that's on the top of everybody's mind, and that's the convoy. Uh, I'll tell you why I think it's such a juggernaut. And then I'll ask you your opinion. I think this is the first national movement against not just vaccine mandates, but the lockdown and masking. I think these guys are an avatar for everything that people have suffered through the last 21 months. And it's been, you know, churches popping up here and gyms in BC and curfew scoff laws in Quebec. But this is the first one that is just rolling through all the provinces together. Why do you think people are so interested in this?
1: Yeah, I I fully agree with what you're talking about. It is national. I think people have been waiting for a larger uh, means to express themselves and saying that they're tired of this, they want to push back against mandates. I mean, on on multiple levels, it's gone far beyond just the truckers. That was just the, the first issue. And now people, whether they're waving on the side of the road or donating online, Uh, They have a means. I mean, a lot of the protests before some of them, to be honest, uh, were a little flaky. I went to a few and and your average person just didn't want to take part in those. But this is something they can comfortably say, yes, I'm supporting this. I'm tired of the status quo with this pandemic mess and, and I'm pushing back so that this convoy has given them the means for it. And it's just taken off. I mean, amazingly.
0: Yeah, it really has taken off. And I think their GoFundMe, before GoFundMe put a hold on, it really speaks to the momentum that it has. Because I think a lot of people, they they can't be on the convoy. They're, they're not truckers. They can't take two weeks off work. Um, they want to do something other than hold a sign on the side of the road, which I think is important to show support um, for the efforts. But a lot of people, when they don't know what to do, they say, well, here's 20 bucks, throw a throw some diesel in your truck. Um, But GoFundMe is now holding on to that. And we never see that sort of scrutiny from GoFundMe when it's a left-wing cause like BLM or any of those associated movements. That It seems to be that's just the vehicle that you donate to these causes and, and that's good enough for GoFundMe. But on the flip side, whenever it's sort of like a conservative thing, there's always this additional layer of scrutiny applied to it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and the mainstream media has jumped all over that, you oh. know, and, and they've acted as if it's been shut down. So, I mean, it should be clear. I, I've been watching that site. When they shut one down, you can't even donate to it. They're saying this is a bad cause. We're not going to support it. We're out. Uh, what they are doing is just applying their standards to the letter of saying we want to know where the dispersal is going and things like that, which isn't necessarily bad. But the double standard, yeah, they wouldn't think for a second of doing that to to BLM and uh they're in a rock and hard place i think i mean they're probably staying to make a good chunk of money out of this as well as as part of their service but they're probably getting inundated with you know those ridiculous uh, claims that this is a terrorist movement and, and stuff like that and they, and they don't want to be caught within it so it'll be interesting to see what happens but i think if they're going to shut it down They already would have, like they would have completely stopped this thing. Um, They just want to make sure they've covered their butts before uh, releasing the funds. But uh, as you said, it's given people a mechanism. You know, they might be living in an area that's off the route. They don't have time. They have bills to pay. But hey, yeah, here's 20 bucks. Here's 50 bucks. I mean, it's what, over 60,000 donors on this. It's just been astounding.
0: Yeah. And some of the donations are enormous, like $10,000, $1,000 here. These are, again, people who just, They don't know what to do, but finally someone's standing up. So they say, here's some money, stand up for me. Um, But you are right to point out that this isn't just, you know, GoFundMe doing this on their own. GoFundMe has had a ton of pressure from people on the left, organized and powerful in some instances, um, who are saying, well, what are you going to do about all these people raising money? We saw it from Gerald Butts." Um, who sort of wanted to nudge GoFundMe in the right direction and from journalists who seem to think their only job is holding the people to account on behalf of Justin Trudeau.
1: Yeah, and it's ridiculous. I mean, whose business is it anyways where this money is going? It doesn't matter. I mean, it doesn't matter. If we want one of the worst fundraisers who abuse money, look to the federal government. They take it (laughs) without a choice with a gun to our head and they piss it away and put it in their friends' pockets. So GoFundMe is voluntary People, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, if people want to throw their money in the fireplace, it's their money. And if they're giving it to GoFundMe, let them go. But th- that it, it's an indication that this convoy has got the establishment rattled. It's got the establishment. Media, the politicians, the bureaucrats, they are shaken up. Canadians are passive, docile Canadians are finally pushing back and en masse. And this has them nervous. And they're just, you know, striking back in any way they can think of.
0: Yeah, you know, speaking of das- docile and passive... Um, The last time I saw the Hutterites out supporting a a political cause like this was during Bill Six, the farm unionization law here in Alberta back in 2016 that the NDP brought in, because the NDP don't actually know any real farmers, obviously. But the the Hutterites were out there in full force. And one of the reasons they were out there during Bill Six in full force was when they said to the government, hey. We are a family farm and you can't put these labor laws on us. Um, the NDP tried to make an exemption for them and they said, You're not going to carve us out of the community. We worked really hard to be together as neighbors and now you're going to give us these special exemptions that will cause division. The Hutterites in so far, Saskatchewan and Manitoba, they're out along the side of the road, um, women, men um, holding signs that say, uh, we support the truckers, not Trudeau. Um, And they were emotional. We had one of our reporters talk to a few of them. And a man was quite emotional that, you know, that once again, here they are fighting tyranny. And um, right on cue, obviously, the mainstream media and the activist organizations whipped out these same old tropes that this is a racist, misogynist, extremist, anti-Muslim. That's a new one. Uh, Trucking Convoy, they did this with United We Roll. They're doing this again. Uh, But I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think people just aren't buying it anymore. They're not falling for any of it.
1: No, they they're sick of it and and they know that I mean anybody going around who's been to a truck stop or gotten out of actually New Canadians and, and, and you know, to be blunt, non-white Canadians actually dominate the trucking industry. There's a lot of yeah. them working in there and they do a great job. And there are a lot of them taking part in this convoy. They're the ones very directly affected by it. So I think if anything, it galvanizes people. They realize this is a ridiculous accusation. It's stupid. And it, it ticks people off and makes them more likely to, to perhaps support it. And, and the Hutterites is very significant because, yeah, they try to stay clear and keep to themselves over these sorts of issues. But they're also business people. They're seeing problems with the supply chains. They drive trucks as well, actually, mm-hmm. quite often. Yep. Yep. And uh, I think it's striking as well that one of the things among Hutterites is that they are very bound to be peaceful. If they thought this was a violent movement by any means, they mm-hmm. would not be out there supporting this. It would go against their actual faith. So uh, I think it's quite significant to see them coming out on, on such a rare occasion and supporting something like this.
0: Yeah, I was talking to a head yesterday, and he told me that 90% of the people on his colony are vaccinated. Their issue is not vaccination. Their issue is always and has always been government coercion and government incursion into their lives. Um, And and you are right to point out that so many of them do own uh, trucking colonies or trucking companies on the colonies. Uh, Many of them are class one drivers. And again, this is where the government wants to drive division, uh, our Hutterite friends and neighbors are always driving togetherness, um, which I think is a a symptom of their faith. Now, let's talk about the politicians, because uh, I think it was Monday, Erin O'Toole had sort of two chances to come out and support the convoy, which, I mean, it should not be a controversial thing for a conservative politician to say, I'm against government coercion. But it was difficult for him. He had a press conference, I guess it was earlier in the day, that was just a mess. It was uh, a Trudeau-style thing where he didn't answer a single question and then got frustrated when people noticed he wasn't answering questions. And then later on in the day with Evan Solomon, he you could see Evan Solomon's visible frustration with the whole thing because he kept asking, like, do you, do you support the truckers? And even then... His tacit support, Aaron O'Toole's tacit support, you still couldn't see sort of where he fell down on the issue. But his MPs, I think, are breaking ranks now.
1: Yeah, O'Toole's been ridiculously spineless. And, I mean, that's what cost him the federal election. I won't make any mm-hmm. bones about it. He's, he's, he's got a, a spine of jelly. He he backed down on uh, the carbon tax. He backed down on the, the firearms uh, promises. And now he won't make a stand on this. Guys, if we want Trudeau, we'll vote for Trudeau. If you're not presenting mm-hmm. anything different, we might as well get the one with better hair. and. uh <laughs> It, it's just absurd and he's not helping himself whatsoever. I mean, nobody's expecting him to be sitting on the hood of one of the trucks waving a flag, but <laughs> you can at least say you know, that you understand why these people are concerned and you support their using the right to go out and, and, and demonstrate against what they feel are unfair government controls. You could just say that. You see, I just did. And he won't do it. And it's just he's showing himself as weaker and weaker. And when we see his MPs, such as uh, Polly Evans some Alberta, one's coming out strongly in support of this, I'm certain would be in defiance of orders from the, the uh, leader's office, uh, I suspect that party's having some very uh, strong internal issues over this.
0: Yeah, especially like Martin uh, Martin Shields, he said um, he's going to wait in Ottawa for the trucks to show up. I think he was one of the first ones, Pierre Polyev likewise. Uh, I think Glenn Motts too, if I'm not mistaken, came out in support of the truckers. And this sort of happened in the afternoon in between Aaron O'Toole's catastrophic um, earlier in the day press conference to his bizarre appearance on Evan Solomon's show in the evening. Um, And even then, it didn't even seem like this pressure from within his own caucus, it didn't even then push Aaron O'Toole in the right direction. What's going on there?
1: I don't know. I mean, as we saw just in my own writing, Foothills just released a a call for a leadership uh, review of O'Toole. Uh, The dissent, I mean, they've got a wishy-washy leader and the time's ticking on the next election. So uh, I, I think the unofficial, we know how that works in, in political parties, the unofficial campaigns and jockeying is already happening behind closed doors. And now it's not, uh, it'll lead to a point where they're not only going to defy him a little, there's going to be efforts to undercut him from within. So if he doesn't show some some direction and some leadership, we're going to see this party start really uh, imploding again and, and uh, pushing for a new leader.
0: Yeah, uh, and we're going to see, I think, some vote splits continue to cost the Conservatives' ridings. I mean, just in Alberta, just the sheer shift of votes that were, you know, conservatives in previous years, they had been winning by, you know, they had been taking home about 70 to 80% of the vote. We saw that shift down to like 50, 65. So, I mean, continued frustration with the conservative party is showing up um, in the ballot box. Um, Speaking of time running out on elections, let's talk a little bit about Jason Kenney because he's come out in support of the truckers which is great except for the fact that in alberta because of jason kenney's vaccine passport by another name so that he can sleep at night a trucker who hauls all day cannot walk into a a pub after decking off his load and have a beer and a burger without participating in Jason Kenney's biomedical police state. And I know I'm being hyperbolic there, but it, it is ridiculous to hear a politician say, these are unjust vaccine mandates against truckers. Let me see your vax card before you have a beer after work.
1: Yeah, he's trying to suck and blow at the same time on the issue. And I, I mean, I, I am happy, though, that at least he is coming out as a as a you know conservative leader and being outright unabashed in support with right. the... Uh, the truckers themselves. So I'll take what good I can with it. Maybe he's starting to build the framework to start, hopefully come out and say, you know what, we don't need these passports anymore. Vaccines aren't start stopping the spread. It's just hindering businesses and commerce and, and we're going to pull out of it. He's in a tough spot. I mean, I, I've been very critical of Premier Kenny, but you know what he would face if he lifted the passport mandate. Uh, people will go haywire. And uh, I still think he should do it, but he's got to be careful on how he goes about it.
0: Yeah, I think maybe the convoy is the off-ramp for him and Premier Scott Moe, who have both said, you know, we we think this mandate is, as you say, a hindrance to commerce and unnecessary. Maybe this is that thing that gets them out of their own vaccine passport, because how do you roll it back now? Mm-hmm. Some people are happily participating in the segregation and they're happy to be part of the privileged medical class other people who are vaccinated are objecting to it because they don't want to be a cog in the machinery of segregation and then there are just this other chunk of the population that are just stuck at home i think i think and I hope that the groundswell of support for the truckers against this sort of stuff i hope it will embolden some, Better-minded politicians to start do the right start to do the right thing and roll some of these measures back.
1: Exactly. We just hope to maintain some optimism. I mean, it, again, this whole thing taking off like this, we haven't seen a, a pushback like this since the beginning of the pandemic. And and I hope that this trucking, you know, convoy is just the beginning uh, of what'll be uh, more and more activities and efforts pushing back, saying that's enough. We we got to get back to life as normal.
0: Now, I think one of the reasons the truckers, especially long haul truckers, are so resistant to the vaccine mandate is that some of them have been going to the United States particularly the southern United States where covid has not been a thing in a very long time and then just you know following the science um it seems to change um according to how many kilometers you clock on your odometer they come back to Canada and they end up experiencing the tyranny of Justin Trudeau and some of their premiers. And so they've seen how the other side lives. But so have you. Yes. And you recently got back from the United States. Tell us what the state of COVID was like and tell us where you went so we get a good taste of of just sort of the the difference between Canada and the United States.
1: Sure. I was I was on a 10-day road trip. I went through five states. Uh, we drove all the way from Alberta down to actually Yuma and, and the border. We we popped into Mexico as well, actually, in Algodones uh, for some dental work, which is a separate story. But uh, aside, I mean, you could tell the pandemic was going. You'd see masks here and there. But aside from that, you wouldn't even know what was happening. As long as I didn't turn on CNN, I wouldn't even know there was a pandemic. I mean, you'd see, again, the sprinkle of, sprinkling of masks and you see hand sanitizers entering stores. But That was it. And it was a choice. And there was no such thing as a passport. I didn't have to prove vaccination to go into any restaurant. There was no ridiculous plastic barriers between seating or uh, any of this stuff that we're seeing up here. All of this garbage that's been normalized in Canada. And that's what I really wanted to get out when I I wrote a column on it. Like, guys, you, you don't understand. You don't have to live like this. And people aren't in other areas. If they could realize, as you said, the truckers realize it, they see it. Uh, If more Canadians would find out, the world isn't ending down there. They're not stacking bodies like cordwood. They're actually living and smiling at each other. And it was very nice. It was a nice break from up here and in in this bizarre masked world of pandemic restrictions.
0: Yeah, I think Scott Moe, the other day, he said, you know, the restrictions, they haven't done anything really tangible. They haven't really done anything good. But simultaneously, he's not lifting them. Like he's resisting putting on more which I guess is as good as it gets. with it's a politician. less bad. Yeah. It's less bad. I mean, uh, politicians have a tendency to just go in the wrong direction, generally speaking, anyways. So he's resisted putting on, you know, more restrictions to deal with the Omicron sniffles. But um, he's not repealing the restrictions he has in place, even though he admits that they aren't working. I, I don't know how we get out of this.
1: We have to change public opinion. I mean, that that's what drives these guys. And unfortunately, we have, our, our again, our legacy media, you know, running leading polls and putting out crap like saying that a yeah. quarter of Canadians want to jail the unvaccinated and they're dividing us. They're scaring people. They're upsetting people. And unfortunately, they've basically got, I mean, these politicians are always running internals and they know there's a majority that don't want to back off on these mandates and it's sick. But that's where uh, you know people have to change that minority into or majority into a minority and the politicians will follow but right now even if they themselves want to roll those mandates back they know they'll pay a terrible political price for it
0: yeah i think there's a lot of people out there in the world who've never actually done anything worthwhile for another person and so when the tv is telling them you're saving lives by wearing a mask getting your vaccine and scolding people for going the wrong way in the grocery store um they don't want to let go of that unearned sense of heroism, right? They they want to really, ha- the pandemic is making them the good person they actually never were.
1: Yeah. And they don't trust us with personal choice. Like uh, Jane and I hit a uh, a quilt shop in Utah. It shows, you know, the high party life we had on our trip there. <laughs> but uh, it was an unusual spot. It was very busy and crowded actually. And we realized when we got in that almost everybody in it was masked. So you know what? We grabbed a mask at the front because people were looking uncomfortable. It wasn't forced, but it was just a courtesy. Fine. If you guys are more comfortable with this mask and it's your private property, I'll I'll put one on. And you know what? If I was coughing and gagging and sniffling that morning, I wouldn't be going out and around people. I don't need mandates to tell me these things. Common courtesy and decency does these things for me. And most people have it.
0: Yeah. I mean, we've made it through flu seasons, immemorial, likewise with cold seasons, um, with people being respectful, not coughing into their hand and then touching everything in the grocery store. I generally think people don't do those things. There's always the one weirdo, but that those are everywhere. Those are also the same people who pull down their mask to pick their nose and then touch the craft dinner. You see that too. So,
1: <laughs> so much for my breakfast now.
0: <laughs> now, uh, Corey, uh, I know you got a tight timeline and so do I. So why don't you tell us about Triggered, your new show, um, when does it air, and what do you hope to accomplish with it?
1: Sure. Well, it, I mean, it airs five days a week here in Alberta at 11:30 a.m. until uh, uh, one o'clock p.m. Mountain Standard Time, and it's live. Like that's that's the hard thing. But we're what the. It's what inspired us, I mean, a lot of us grew up with talk radio. It was a large part of our uh, political growing and learning. And talk radio, like so much of the other mainstream media, has just gone to crap. They, they're yeah. they're cowardly. They, there's no hosts who take on strong issues or, or get themselves triggered and worked up. It's it's just news reading practically nowadays. So we thought we can fill that void. This is the digital world. We can have a live production with live guests, interactivity with the commenters and, and things like that. So we've been developing that show here at the Western Standard. And, uh, yeah, so far it's been going really good. So we're... Carrying on with it.
0: So where can people access that? Because I think you're filling a huge hole left by Dave Rutherford a very long time ago.
1: Yeah, we really miss him. And that's some of that inspiration. Or even Danielle, you know, Smith, she was doing very well while she was there. And she basically got driven out because of how horrible it's gotten. And uh, if you go to westernstandardonline.com, of course, you can see paths to it. We have our, when we stream, it goes to our YouTube channel, our Rumble channel, our Facebook page, all at the same time. Uh, You just have to go to any of those channels and and search for Western Standard and you'll find our channel. And uh, yeah, the show will come on live. And of course, if you can't catch it live, uh, the the, the show stays up there. You can watch it later at your leisure.
0: Oh, that's awesome. I'm I'm so glad that you're doing that work. Again, there's just a huge void um, in talk radio in Alberta. Um, Everybody went woke and then went broke and then they got fired which is fine fine by me (laughs) and you
1: guys are filling the void and and uh candace is and it's just great to see the alternative media you know that's the only thing leaving the legacy media hanging around is people thinking there's nowhere else to go and they're finding out no there is somewhere else to go and and we can see it they're declining and good they deserve it
0: yeah couldn't happen to a nicer bunch Uh, (laughs) uh thanks so much for coming on the show um best of luck in your new show um and uh hopefully we'll have you back on again very very soon
1: Thanks, Sheila. Always good to talk to you.
0: Thanks. I'm very excited for Corey's new show, Triggered. I've caught a couple episodes of it so far, and it does that thing that Conservative Talk Radio used to do, at least here in Alberta, and that was Provide. A counterbalance to the homogeneity of the mainstream media landscape here, particularly in print media where everything is owned by one company, PostMedia. Now, if you'd like to support our independent journalism on the Trucking Convoy, as we do have a reporter, Mocha Bezergin, completely embedded inside of it to bring you the other side of the story, the side of the story the mainstream media doesn't want you to see about just how normal and reasonable the truckers are, and how normal and reasonable the supporters of the convoy are, please visit convoyreports.com. Well, everybody, that's the show for tonight. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll see everybody back here in the same time, in the same place next week. And as always, remember, don't let the government tell you that you've had too much to think.